In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Today's reading, our gospel reading from the book of Mark, I, I think for us highlights this dual reality that each of us here today as a Christian lives in. Uh, Today we're reminded in our reading that we are kind of stuck in this tension between fear and faith. And we will be as long as we live in this sinful world. Uh, Today's reading was a a reading, a story that was full of fear. Fear was everywhere in the story today. We, We first came across it in the person of Jairus. If you can remember, Mark tells us that Jairus was a leader of the synagogue that was probably kind of equivalent to our president of the congregation, president of the board of directors. In that time and culture, Jairus probably would have been a a leading citizen in his community. Uh, His neighbors and his friends would have looked up to him. He would have had some sway. He would have been well-respected. And and maybe the first lesson then we we learn about fear is is that fear comes for everyone. It's not just the the poor, the weak, the humble that that have their fears, but even powerful people like Jairus uh, have fears too. Uh, Jairus is afraid for his daughter. Uh, We're told that his daughter is 12 years old, a little, little girl, and she's sick, and it doesn't seem to be looking good. And so anyone here today who is a parent can probably relate to Jairus, right? He's, he's terrified at the future. He's probably afraid of, of the thought of having to go home to tell his wife that there is no more hope, that this is the end of the road for their little girl. He's probably a little bit afraid of, of what this means that God thinks about him. You know, God must be angry with him. This must be some sort of punishment. Why else would he allow this terrible suffering to come upon his little girl? He was probably afraid of, of the thought of burying his beloved little child. Uh, Jairus is afraid, uh, but he's not the only one. If you can remember the story, uh, just as he meets this miracle-working man named Jesus, and, and Jesus agrees to go to Jairus' home to do what he can, right there in the middle of the story, it's all interrupted by this woman, an unnamed, anonymous woman who kind of breaks onto the scene. And if Jairus was the kind of person who'd be sitting in the front seat, shaking hands after, after worship, volunteering at every event, this woman uh, probably was as different as different could be. Maybe the type of person who would come in 15 minutes late, sit in the back row, and leave five minutes early so she never had to say hi to a single person Uh, and yet she was afraid too for all their differences the one thing they had in common was their fear and and this woman was afraid because she was sick Uh, she had been bleeding uh, unexpectedly uh, uncontrollably for 12 years mark tells us that she had gone to all of the doctors that she could she had spent all of her money trying to get better and yet things weren't getting better and in fact they were getting worse and she was afraid This is a story that is surrounded by fear. Uh, Fear is everywhere in this story. And and most of us can probably relate to at least part of it. If you're a parent, you can relate to Jairus. If you've ever been sick or watched someone go through a sickness, you can probably relate relate to this this unnamed anonymous woman. And I think all of us can relate to, to fear in general and how in this story, just like it is in our lives, fear just comes to us. And very often there's little we can do about it, right? After all, we live in a scary world. And uh, I hate to break it to you as if you didn't know it already, but I don't see that changing anytime soon, except if Jesus should come back. But until then, we live in a scary world. And and fear sometimes just comes into our lives, whether we want it to or not. And, and, And despite the fact that we might think that we are strong and courageous people, that we can conquer our fears, we know that that's just not always that easy, is it? 
Uh, I know I would like to think of myself as a strong and courageous person that I've overcome all my fears, but uh, I know that's not true. Uh, one, one example is from a, a few years back. I was working at a different church, and at that time I was living in the church's parsonage just like we do here, but in that particular church, the home, the parsonage, was actually physically connected to the church building. And the way that it was set up was that the garage where I parked my car was on the other side of the church, actually out back around the property uh, next to this little alleyway that went behind everything. And so in order to get to my car, I usually had two options. I could go out the front door of the house and walk around the entire block and enter through the alley in the back way. Uh, And I did that sometimes, but it wasn't exactly convenient when it was snowing or raining or, or cold outside. So the other option was that there was this tunnel It was a tunnel that ran from the basement of the home underneath the church, kind of weaved its way around out back to the garage. Uh, It was narrow. It was dark. uh, There were cobwebs. Uh, I'm about 6'2", so as I remember it, it couldn't have been taller than about six and a half feet high, and I was scared of it, Uh, inexplicably, uh, irrationally, unjustifiably afraid. I wasn't a five-year-old little boy. I was a fully grown adult, and here I had this irrational fear of my own home. I couldn't get to my car uh, except through fear. Uh, Every time I would turn a corner, I'd kind of peer around the edge looking if anyone was there. I knew there wasn't anyone there, but that's just how fear works, I think, If my mom wouldn't have laughed at me, I probably would have called her each time I entered into that tunnel to say, Mom, I think this is it. I'm going in. Uh, But she would have laughed. Uh, Here was this fear, unjustifiable, irrational fear. I could do nothing about it. But that's how fear works, isn't it? In silly things like that, but also in the really big things. Like how can you not be afraid when cancer comes to you or someone you love? You're just scared. Uh, How can you not be afraid when, when you lose your job and you look at the bills and and, and you wonder how you're going to afford everything in your life. Others of us, were here today and, and, and we're afraid of what other people think about us. We want to be loved and accepted and welcomed, but we wonder if that's true. Uh, some of us here today look at the future, maybe the future of our children or the future of our country, and we see these changes going on and we don't quite understand it, and we're scared about that, if we're honest today. Others of us, we're scared with spiritual concerns. We've come to God's house today with all sorts of fears. We, we think about the fact that there are 7 billion people on this planet and we're just one of them. And, and how could God have time to worry about me and my little problems? And, and could God ever forgive someone like me when he has so much else to worry about? We, we all have so many fears and there's little that we can do. And so I think many of us, we can relate to to today's story, can't we? The story that is just clothed and wrapped and surrounded with fear. Uh, And yet it's also a story of faith. And the thing about faith is is that it's a lot like fear and that there's little we can do about it. Uh, The scriptures make it clear over and over and over again that, that faith is a gift. It can't be earned or deserved or chosen. God pours it out to us. Uh, And as long as we live in in this world that we do, the sinful, broken world, we are going to live with both, both fear and faith. Maybe that seems obvious to you, but I point it out to you for an important reason because I think uh, probably a lot of us have had these wonderings or maybe even worries. We think things like, well, if I have fear, does that mean I don't have faith? And as a pastor, sometimes I hear these things like, well, I thought that once I was a Christian, I wouldn't be afraid all the time anymore. Shouldn't I be uh, past this? Or I have all these fears, so does that mean that I have a weak or bad faith? 
And I would say the answer to that is no. <laughs> as long as we live in this world, we will struggle between both. Uh, fear is an emotion, and it's natural, but faith is so much more than just a reflection of your emotions. Uh, fear is based on your temporary subjective experiences, but faith is an eternal objective reality. Faith is a relationship of trust that you have been brought into. And in fact, it's your faith that carries you through your fears. It's faith that you cling on to even while you're afraid. And I think probably the best example of this uh, comes from our children. Uh, parents, I, I would guess that at some point in your life, you had a child who was afraid. Probably fair to say, right? And, and maybe at times their fear was justified, but there are also probably lots of unjustified, irrational fears, like when they woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning afraid of what was in the closet or what was lurking underneath their bed, right? They had fear. But what they probably did, whether you wanted them to or not, is that they came running into your room, right, at 2 o'clock in the morning. And why did they do that? Because they had faith in you. They trusted in you. They had been brought into this relationship, and, and they looked to you to do something about it. Just because they had fear didn't mean that they didn't have faith. In fact, it was their faith that pulled them through the fear. That's how it is with our kids, and that's how it is with all of us. When we're afraid and fear will come, we go running to our Heavenly Father. That's faith. <laughs> that's what it's all about. And as long as we're in this world, we will have both, both fear and faith. Having said that, uh, Jesus does say this, this interesting little phrase. Uh, I think they're words of encouragement. He says them uh, specifically to Jairus, but he also says them in so many ways to that unnamed anonymous woman. And I think he actually says it to all of us too. Uh, we heard it in our reading when he said, Don't be afraid, just believe. Uh, a more literal way uh, of saying that, of translating it from the original Greek would, would be to put it like this. Jesus says, stop fearing, only have faith. Now, that might be one of those things that Jesus says, and there are plenty of examples of this, that we just have to shake our, our heads at and say, easy for you to say, Jesus, right? You're the Son of God. You took the moon and placed it in the sky. Of course, you can say that, stop fearing, only have faith, but how could we, right? It seems so impossible. How can we not fear anything when there's so much to be afraid of? How can we only have faith? It seems impossible. Uh, but, but I think Jesus reminds us uh, of the amazing blessing of faith, uh, of the amazing blessing of being his child. Because uh, the, the truth is, when it comes to our fears, we kind of have two options. Uh, the first option I'm going to tell it to you in a second, and when I tell it to you, uh, option number one, you're going to think it's crazy. You're going to think, uh, why would anyone do this? It seems ridiculous, but I would argue that we do it all the time. <laughs> uh, option number one, when it comes to our fears, is that uh, more often than not, we turn to our fears, and we reach out for them, and we embrace them, and what happens is that they end up consuming us. Uh, and let me give you an example of this. Uh, uh, probably the, the easiest example is uh, the fear that we have over our health. Uh, maybe you're afraid. Something's off and you can tell. Or maybe you've gone to the doctor and they've given you just enough information for you to go home and go on the internet, WebMD, and search up every single little problem that's going on, every little symptom, and you spend hours on the internet and you're looking through everything and, and by the end of it, you spent all night, uh, you stayed up all through the dark and, and you've decided that you're dying now, right? And you've turned towards your fears, you embrace the fears and you've let them consume you. And it sounds crazy, uh, but we do it all the time. We do it when we're afraid of what other people think about us. 
And we spend all night going over situations, what did we say, what shouldn't we have said, and and maybe we even gossip to make ourselves look better, or we puff out our chest to make ourselves look strong. We we do that all the time. But, But Jesus, I think, presents us with another way. It's the way of Jairus. It's the way of that unnamed woman. It's the way of faith. I think both of the characters in our story did it, but we see it, I think, beautifully in that unnamed woman. She was afraid. She had fear. But instead of turning towards that fear, she turned to Jesus. Instead of wrapping her arms around that fear of her health, she reached out to grab for Jesus, didn't she? She said to herself, look, if I can only grab onto his, his coat, then, then I will be healed. She had faith. And, and brothers and sisters, as Christians, that's what we do. We, we will have fears. They're going to come. But, but Jesus presents us with a better way, an, an amazing way, the way of faith. We can turn to him and cling to him in our times of fears, and he will wrap his arms around us and take us through those fears to where he needs us to be. Now, maybe you're thinking to yourself, uh, that sounds nice. Uh, pastor, but it's not very practical because Jesus isn't walking down the street like he was for that woman, and, and I cannot reach out and grab his coat like she did. So what does it mean, what does it look like to turn to Jesus and cling to him? Uh, and, and I would argue that we can do today. Uh, Jesus is not here like he was back then. He's not walking our streets. Uh, but we can do, as 21st century Christians, what Christians have been doing for 2,000 plus years. And that is, we can turn away from our fears and turn toward where God has promised to be. We can turn to prayer, to God's people, and to his promises. When you're afraid, turn to prayer, turn to his people, and turn to his promises. One of the first things we can do, and I would encourage you to do this, when the fear comes, whatever that fear is, is go to God in prayer. The very act of prayer is turning away from fear and turning towards the one who can do something about it, right? And, and the scriptures show us over and over again that God wants us to pray. He invites us to talk to him. He wants nothing more than to hear your voice in good times and in scary times. And so when we're afraid, the first thing we can do anywhere we are, any time of the day, is talk to our Heavenly Father who loves us as his beloved children. And that's not to say that our our prayers will always be answered in the ways that we want him to or God will snap his fingers and and cast away every one of our fears. But but it is to say that, that in the midst of our fears, we have a God who wants to hear our voice to bring him all of our fears. Uh, the next thing we can do is to go to God's people. See, see this, this thing that we call church is much more than uh, a time on Sunday mornings. Church is much more uh, than just an institution or a building. The church is God's family, a family that you have been born into, and God has surrounded each of you with brothers and sisters in the faith that, that are there to pull you through the scary times, that are there to give you a hug, maybe when that's all you need in your fear, but I think even more so to point you to the cross where, where, where Jesus overcame your fears, to the empty tomb where he brings life. That's what we're here for, is to encourage one another, in, in part, in our fears, and maybe you're thinking to yourself today, well, I'm, I'm new here or I don't really have too many Christian friends. I, I don't really have any of God's people I can turn to. Well, you have a pastor and I would say you have some people in the pews next to you and get to know them because <laughs> that's what it's uh, about to be a part of the church. It's more than just showing up for an hour a day. It's, it's to be a part of a family, a family that is there to encourage you in your fears. So we pray and we, we surround ourselves. We run to God's people, his representatives 
here on earth. And, and finally, we cling to his promises. When we're scared, sometimes that's all we have, right, are those beautiful promises he's made to us. And, and, and we can hold on to them knowing that they will always be there. We can hold on to the promise that God has made us in baptism where he said, you are my child and I do love you no matter what. You are washed clean, you are clothed in Christ, you wear a robe of righteousness, you have the name of the triune God placed on you, you are a God's child. Cling to that promise in baptism. Today, brothers and sisters, you can cling to the promise that God is making you in communion. You might have come here today fearing for your forgiveness, thinking, how could God forgive me after everything I've done? And today, God promises you through his body and his blood that yes, you are forgiven. Cling to, to the promises that he, that he pours out so abundantly in his word. That's why we come to church. That's why we read our Bibles at home. That's why we go to Bible studies and small groups because that word, the scriptures, are filled with promises. One of the promises God, that God makes, that Jesus himself make, makes is this. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. That's his promise. Not very encouraging, right? But the promise goes forward. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Brothers and sisters, one of God's promises is that one day he will return. Jesus is coming back here to this scary world. And on that day, he will cast out every last one of our fears. He, he will make it so that we have no more reason to fear because there will be no more death, there will be no more sin, there will be no more hurt or pain, there will be no more temptation, there will be no more Satan. And on that day, there will be no more fear and only faith, <laughs> only a relationship of love with our Savior Jesus. So brothers and sisters, stop fearing and only believe. In Jesus' name, amen.